for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 330 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And we're officially in the Book of Boba Fett season. Now, what that means is over the next seven weeks, we're going to have a bevy of wonderful special guests. But Will may or may not be here for the start of each episode, depending on how the kids are doing. Will's actually wrestling with two sick kids right now, so... He may or may not make it. He seems uh, hopeful that he'll be here eventually. But thankfully, it's not just me. We got our first special guest. It's someone who, uh, if you tuned into the feed last week, you heard me talking about Christmas with. He's from one of my pa- favorite podcasts, The Geek Dudes. It's my good buddy, Mr. Chris Fresh. Hey, Hawes. Um, Yeah, like, I guess, Happy New Year. Like, by the time this drops, it'll um, pretty much be very close to the new year or definitely will be the new year in australia yeah um and um commiserations to the blue harvest podcast listeners that get two doses of me in a row i don't (laughs) want to hear that come on now (laughs) um but yeah like what i call this now whores christmas in whores and i have known each other for four or five years now through the podcasting uh world and one of the things we have in common and look i certainly don't compare to him but you know both of us have a major appreciation of boba fett yes and um one of our big things was always oh that movie with trank was so close and it was almost like we were willing to accept probably uh, the crappiness that josh trank was inevitably going to put out (laughs) just to finally get that boba fett movie and it was always like you'd hear you know the james mangold stuff Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was always hints and teasers and everything, and then uh, eventually, you know, he returns in the Mandalorian, and we get the big reveal last year of the Book of Boba Fett is coming, and even then, I think Hawes kind of had it slightly in the back of his head of something's going to go wrong. Well, buddy, we were months later, we hit COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 and. Look, some of these uh, Star Wars shows have not had the easiest trip to the screen. I mean, you know, there was drama with Obi-Wan. 
there was lots of delays on Cassian because of COVID. Mm. Um, you know, I was just waiting. It, like, until I sat down the other night <laughs> at two in the morning to watch it, it wasn't going to be real. No amount of trailers or interviews or memes was going to make it real until I actually got to see the first episode. So it was, in well, a way, a giant relief. One, uh, The first episode's out. They can never take that away from you. Nope. It, it, it has happened. Boba Fett has his own television show. Um, and, you know, things have happened in the first episode, which we'll get to, that was talk of the schoolyard, you know? Yeah. Talk of comic books. Talk of, you know, fantasy booking. If you were going to do a movie, you know, what would you see? And we've now seen it. It can't be taken away. It's happened, and you know it's it's really cool because, in in terms of Star Wars, it's been a bit of a bummer the past few years. It just seems like we've taken a few losses, some lumps, right? Yeah, in terms of excitement and having to keep your guard up with stuff, you know, because I think the Force Awakens and Rogue One landed so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I thought Rogue One did, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know how everybody else feels about it, but you know, for me it did. And although plenty of Star Wars followed that I really dug, I think that was the end of everybody <clears throat> sort of on the same page of, yeah, bound like, to happen, but man, yeah. was it rough to watch from the front row. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, um, but you know, I think we strap ourselves in now, like Hawes and I, uh, also, I feel similar in hitters with content. We don't care. Yeah. Like, bring as much as we can. Like, we might not get to it all, but, you know, we'll give it our best shot. And if it really piques our interest, we're going to go out of our way to see it. And there's no such thing as a bad attempt. You might not go back and revisit it, right? you know, if it wasn't for you. But I always say I appreciate the effort. <laughs> yeah. And, buddy, I've been thinking about it over the last couple of days now that it's actually out. And just the weird sort of history and the the timeline of, like, Boba Fett in general. Like, because when I was a kid, you know, there were no Star Wars figures on the shelf. Mm. I didn't, like, even as a kid, I didn't connect that that bounty hunter's name was Boba Fett. Because you only get his, they only say his name that one time in Return of the Jedi, right? Mm. In fact, they they call him the bounty hunter or whatever in Empire Strikes Back. So uh, it was this weird thing where there was this character on screen who I thought looked really cool. I wanted a figure. There was no way to find a Boba Fett figure. And yeah. then in like middle school, my local comic book store started selling vintage Star Wars figures, right? And they were loose, and sometimes they'd have their stuff, like their weapons or whatnot, and there was never a Boba Fett. And I remember seeing figures that are very expensive today, things like, you know, Stormtrooper Luke, and being like, they want $30 for that figure? <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying, yeah. I mean, uh, there, I didn't have $30 in middle school, yep. but I was like, there's no way I'm getting a $30 Luke Skywalker figure. And I would always ask him, like, well, when are you guys going to get the bounty hunter in? And I remember the guy being like, you know, his name is Boba Fett, right? And being like, oh, okay, now I have the name. And then, like, he got so popular in the 90s, it seemed like, because Dark Horse Comics were doing their thing. And he was a pretty early release, right, in the Power of the Force 2 stuff. 
they added. Was he, a, se- was he series one? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. No, okay. I think. Okay, if I if I got to sit here and remember, series one was Vader, Stormtrooper, Obi Wan, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, yeah, yep. and the droids. I think that was the first. Okay. Yep. So, like, and would the second be like the TIE Fighter pilot, Boba? Mm-hmm. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. I wonder, like, see, people that are slightly older than me would probably have a bit of memory, but I wonder if Australia maybe got Series 1 and 2 at the same time or very close together because in my brain it's all sort of right. melded together. But it's funny you talk about how um, – the Star Wars figures, and you go thirty dollars. I'm not paying that. Yeah. In so I, for those that don't know, I work in wrestling, but I'm also a really big wrestling fan. And in the early '90s, Hasbro made a pretty famous series of wrestling figures. And I'm two figures away from completing my set, oh. with the exception of two, like of three mail-aways that you know you're never going to get. You know, they're obscene sort of UK mail-aways that are going to cost thousands of dollars. So I don't count them. But you know, if you could walk into the stores and buy these figures, you know, I'm two figures away from the set. And just three, four years ago, these figures were about fifty, sixty dollars each. Oh my! And goodness. I'm like, and I'm like, fifty, sixty dollars just seems a little pricey for my taste. You know, I'm just going to wait, see yeah. if I walk into a collector's fair and find it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's like Series 10, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. So now, for some reason, those two figures are going to set me back between three to 400 Australian each. <laughs> and Whoa. it's just funny when you see stuff and you pass up. as why I always say, just buy. If yeah. you see it and you've got the feeling, just go ahead and buy it. But I remember Star Wars figures too, like, when I first started discovering there was a collector's scene, mm-hmm. you would walk in there into shops that had vintage Star Wars figures and be going, $60 for a figure. Insane. Right. Like, it's an old secondhand tiny figure. It's $60. No way. And now... Who yeah. knows how much that's worth? Yeah, it could be it could be $1,000. You know, like, the market has changed so dramatically in 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and I think that's like a lot of these legends and everything like that helped keep the flames of certain characters alive. And, you know, Boba Fett, uh, not to hurt Hawes' feelings, because I know it could bother him, but, you know, has been much maligned by a lot of fandom as well. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, it seemed like, and granted, you know, in the 90s, there was no, I didn't have have access to the internet until like the mid 90s, right? But in early Mm. 90s, like, kids in school that I knew were into Star Wars loved Boba Fett. You know what I mean? The dudes at the comic book store I went to loved Boba Fett. You know, there was Dark Horse Comics devoted to just Boba Fett. He was getting his own comics and stuff. And then, you know, like the Shadows of the Empire thing comes out. It's got such a focus on Boba Fett. And like, and then, like you were saying, it seemed like that shifted. And maybe, like I said, it, it came with the uh, advent of social media and stuff and just seeing everybody's difference of different opinions. But you know, it, it, there, I even remember like, I can't remember what movie it is. Maybe it's fanboys where there's like yep. a line about like who likes Boba Fett. He's fucking stupid. You know what mm. I mean? All he does is fall in the Sarlacc pit and man, did I have to deal with some Boba Fett slander for years, for uh, years. It, it's, it's, it's hurtful when some of your favorite stuff, gets 
slammed. Like I was just listening to a podcast last night where one of the guys had thrown his hands up at nostalgia and was slamming Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh. And, and I consider that one of my favorite films of the past five years. And <laughs> it, it was, and, and like, and he was railing on the bits that I'm not ashamed to say as a 42 year old man, I cried openly in the cinema. Like I was weeping. And like, there was a point where I was like, I'm glassy eyed, but I've got this crisis averted. And then stuff kept happening. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. All right, I'm just crying. That now. was me I'm with Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm outwardly crying. There's nothing I can do. I'm glad the cinema has kept the lights down. Um, you know, this is how it is. And this dude was slamming slamming it going, oh, you know, nostalgia this and, you know, phoned in this and nobody wanted to see that. And I was like, I wanted to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like it was saying me. And I could imagine like if Boba Fett's your thing, particularly Boba Fett, you know, you had to deal with Boba Fett. You know, only yeah. edgy guys are into this. Yeah, and, you know, that and for became... Horns, like you're calling him out. Like this man may or may not own multiple Limp Bizkit albums and corn and plenty of corn paraphernalia. Maybe and, a corn tattoo. Maybe. Yeah. And, maybe. And and if you're gonna be like hitting the dude in the bro in the bro <laughs> in the bro Ooh. spot, sort of going, only bros are into Boba Fett. You start questioning yourself, going. Am I a bro? Yeah, man. I'd be like, sitting there <laughs> chain smoking cigarettes going like, I guess I'm just not a good person because everybody <laughs> on social media seems to think that if Boba Fett's your dude, there's something wrong with you. And of course, that's an over-exaggeration. But after a while, like, it was like, I always tell the story of like, the story that Steele tells about the first time he went to a Star Wars mm -hmm. convention and realized people didn't like Ewoks. Yeah. Like, I had that same experience, not at a convention, but online when it came to Boba Fett. And I was like, oh, I kind of just thought everybody thought this dude was cool, right? And then in 2012, as soon as 2012 hits, Disney buys Lucasfilm, and they start talking about spinoff movies. Mm. I remember reading the article out loud to Jesse and go, you know what that means? They're going to do a Boba Fett movie. That's the mm. first spinoff. There's no other way it's anything but Boba Fett. And somehow she's still with me like 10 years later. But like, I, and, and look, Red, Red, like that probably says more about Jesse than you, Horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like, I, I just picture Horse sitting there in a backwards red baseball cap <laughs> and he's three striped and an ass <laughs> like jacket going, I can't believe what they're saying. I can't believe they're saying I'm a dude. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like it, it, it sort of it has been a sort of interesting journey for how they have sort of approached Boba Fett. And obviously they didn't just want to jump in with anything, right? you know, like, but they were probably aware of the fragile state of fandom to some extent, you know, like Lucasfilm has shown also a lack of self-awareness in many, many sort of things, ways. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, but back to what you were saying with steel and the Ewoks and you with Boba, like I remember when star Wars, had been bought and stuff and my, my I, I always loved star wars but you know there was new reason to be excited and i was like oh, i remember there was that australian star wars fan club you know star walking mm -hmm. i i'm gonna rejoin that you know that, that'll be a cheap join and it's a small cheap easy way to join the connection and blah 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 and they sent out the newsletter i can't remember what the issue was and daz is the guy's name like the editor of the thing and i'm i'm reading it and the dude's railing on Return of the Jedi. Oh, my goodness. And I, and I was like, 
people don't like Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I was, I was mortified and sort of got my back up. And it was like, if I see this dude, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind about Return of a Jedi. And he's lovely. And a funny thing is, he was actually in a collectible shop I was in last year, and I was like. That's Daz who wrote that article. I'm going to say something to him. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a Richard Marquand. Uh, no, um, but hey, yeah, it, I have a funny story, right? I just want to, this is un-Star Wars related. I don't know that I've ever told this story. But when I was a kid, I'll make it quick. When I was a kid, huge Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. Watching Jean-Claude Van Damme movies well before I should have been allowed to. And there was this local news show that came on at noon called Midday like on our yep. local news channel and yeah, they would review that. movies and the guy i even remember his name the host's name was jeffrey rupp and he reviewed kickboxer and gave it an awful review awful oh. and i was pissed i'm talking maybe six years old seven years old mm. and the next week i had to go in and be on midday on the news <laughs> Because they were promoting this charity that my parents used to work with called March of Dimes that does like um, stuff for disabled kids. Like I think they work with St. Jude and stuff. And since I have spina bifida and they got help from St. Jude's when I was little, they decided, well, we're going to help. And they do this thing called Walk America. It was kind of like a marathon, but where people just walk, right? That's all I could do. Yeah, me too. Well. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, so I like I had to go in with my mom to promote the March of Dimes Walk America event. And I called Jeffrey Rupp out in person. Like the minute they brought me in, I said something to him about giving Kickboxer a bad review. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad that you stood up for our boy, JCVD. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that man would go on to punch a snake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, where do you stand on, I know it's got nothing to do with Star Wars, but where do you stand with best of the best? I like it. All right. I felt Eric Roberts could have got an Oscar for that. <laughs> I like it. All right. <laughs> Anything past that first one, different. not so great. Cause I oh, no, like what's they bringing in guns and everything like that. It's yeah. like, it's about the martial art. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they don't need to do that. But yeah, like, I, and what's interesting with Kenobi coming up. And watching Return of a Jedi for the first time in a while, and I just chucked it on Disney Plus because usually I've got, um, you know, I, I just pirated, like, because I own Star Wars so many times, I just pirated a versions of stripped down versions of Star Wars, right? You know, without the special features and stuff, but that still look kind of pretty. Um, that, like you know, fans have done a lot of cool projects in, right. where you can do that, but I just put the Disney Plus version on. Number one, Jedi Rocks is still absurd. <laughs> uh, um, but it was interesting when Vader's talking to Luke and he says, you know, Obi-Wan once felt as you do. Mm-hmm. I was thinking in my head, I wonder if this is referring to a conversation they're going to have in Kenobi. Like, uh, my brain has already prepped is, itself yep. and is ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I was nervous. Like last year, at the beginning of last year, when the rumors came out that Tamora was returning as Boba in season two of the Mandalorian. Of course I'm excited, but the other part of me is like, I don't know, man, for the last like eight years on Twitter, I've been reading about how much this dude sucks, how he shouldn't get his own movie. People that like him are lame, et cetera, et cetera. Once again, I know this is like hyperbole. Not everybody felt like that, but there was a lot of that sentiment going around. Right. And so like until 
he showed up in the Mandalorian and I saw people's reaction, which seemed to immediately flip a lot of people. Mm. You, I feel like you don't see that sentiment near as much anymore since he showed up in the Mandalorian. Right. So well, that, that it was weird how like things just sort of immediately flipped with a lot of people. And it was because they did a really good job with him. And that's what I always said was like, yeah, Boba Fett doesn't have much to do in the original trilogy. You know, they do his backstory stuff in the prequels and people have mixed feelings about those. That didn't help with the whole, you know, feelings towards get him, Boba Fett. Get him dead. Get him dead. <laughs> um, fire. Um, and then all I said was, yeah, but all it takes is the right person to make it the right project. And you can do something very cool with Boba Fett, you know? And even, like, because you go, this decision's easy, this decision's easy, but it's not. To sit there and go, well, Boba Fett is a direct clone of Jango Fett. Mm -hmm. Tamira Morrison still looks amazing for his age. We can tell a future story, and we don't have to worry about casting because the dude's right there. Right. You know, to me, I know people would go, that's not an inspired choice, but to me it is. To go that we're just going to grab the dude and throw him into the role and play the direct clone of himself, I think was kind of brave in a sense of... Buddy, like, I don't mean this, and I love Tamora, and I have yeah. been, you know, you listen to the show, All anybody yeah. that's listened, well before he ever showed up in The Mandalorian, I was advocating, if they're doing, if they do post-Return of the Jedi, um... Boba yeah. Fett, it should be Tamora. I think they should yeah. bring him back, and you would get pushback on that. Oh, he's not a great actor. Who is a good actor in those prequel no, no, movies? Well, see, I, I always say they're just people that haven't seen Once Were Warriors. Yeah. And, like, coming from the Southern Hemisphere, like, we all saw that and were all traumatized by it in the 90s. But, you know, if you saw that, or even if you're a Kiwi and you watch Shortland Street and stuff, you know, you would know this guy is a pretty good actor. Right. <laughs> so... But once again, I love the dude, but like, you know, he's not your Pedro Pascal who built up no. some like sort of nerd heat with his his appearances in Game of Thrones and stuff, you know? Yeah. He, and, and Pedro Pascal was also great in the Kingsman sequel. Yeah. Underrated performance. <laughs> so, you know, it's not one of those situations. He's a guy who, you know, to be fair, hasn't done a lot that's gotten huge mainstream attention since the prequels. He was in that show Spartacus. He was pretty good in it, actually. Um, but other than that, you know, it's not like he's a guy you're seeing everywhere. So, And the dude, like, you know, if, if you're looking at some of the stuff he's done, you know, like, uh, in my brain, it was weird. I instantly go to, like, something like the Isle of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, not Yeah. Right. So, for them to be like, no, we should get him to come back and play Boba Fett because they could have just as easily if they wanted keep his helmet on the whole time and just have Tamora do the voice but no yeah. they brought him on as the face of the character and I couldn't be more happy with that decision I've been happy about that since he showed up last year and since the rumors before that and like I think he's awesome like so so, so um uh, if people have listened to Geek Dudes, they would have heard one of my best buddies on that show, Julian James. And Jules and I 
love texting each other absurd stuff. And one of our favorite discussion points in life is Jason Muse's teeth. Oh my! In, in you know, does Muse need a refit? You know, and I'm always like, Muse needs a refit. Like something happened. His face isn't sitting correct. We live in a world, and he's got money, where there's enough technology to surely get chompers that fit in correctly. And I wish he didn't say something, but Jules messaged me and said, loved Book of Boba, how about Tamura's chompers? Look, man. <laughs> oh, hold on one second, man. I've got to add a friend. Good, my filibusting worth. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> buddy, you went right along with it. That's, that's fucking champion <laughs> podcasting right there. Um, dude, I, I guess there's just excellent dental care in uh, a galaxy go- far, far away because Tamora, those jokers were shining. There's some good teeth. He's like, got it. some good teeth, that <laughs> dude. Um, maybe it's adding Will. Who knows? Um, maybe it's the Sarlacc juice. Polished up those teeth, That's maybe. Some juice. Yeah, I told Jesse, I was like, "Man, he's got some good teeth." And I was like, "I wonder if he got that. Uh, he got his advance on his Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett paycheck, and was like, i 'I'm heading to the dentist, y'all.' Yep. <laughs> Now's my well, he, time." Well, he went to the uh, the Axl Rose School of Chompers because they're big and they're bright mm-hmm. and when you see guns and roses in concert and axel smiles it's like the cheshire cat now because axel had pretty crappy teeth when you see him in the 80s because you know he was a, a druggy rocker right and you see those chompers now and you're like wow that's an impressive set of <laughs> teeth <laughs> and that's what you see with tamira virus and it's like nice teeth like back I, maybe it's back to that does it may I, you know what back to mouthwash back to mouthwash <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not not a bad idea. William, are you here, buddy? Indeed, indeed, I'm oh. finally here. Ladies hey, and Will. gentlemen, William <coughs> Witten is here. How's it going, buddy? Hello, hello. It's all right. How are you guys? We're good. We were just filibustering a little bit, just talking about stuff before we got into the episode. Okay, right on. How's yeah, the main event, Will? We wanted to hold off because we know the listeners want to hear your opinion. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you guys' opinions are going to be far more insightful. I don't know about all that, buddy. Come on now. So, Will, uh, first off, are the kids all right? How are they doing? They are recovering from Christmas illness, and uh, they're not sleeping well through the night. So, it's been a difficult week, but... We are on the upswing, and it can only get better from here. Awesome. Well, buddy, uh, if you need to leave to deal with the kids, uh, you know I'll understand, so will everybody else. So don't worry about that. Right, right. So uh, do you guys want to talk about the actual episode now? Uh, yes, please. Well, Will, since you're just joining us, give us your just your quick and dirty before we break things down like bit by bit. What did you think about the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett? Uh, I was just really pleased that it did everything I really needed it to do. It gave me the rundown of, you know, what happened to Boba Fett right after the Sarlacc pit. And then it set up this new quest adventure that he's on. Like, that's what it did. And I love the way it did it. Like, I'm just really pleased. Yeah, me too. Um, 
Chris, I mean, we kind of talk. We, I think they might have general ideas, but what did you think overall? Yeah, I I really liked it. Um, I'm like Will. Like, I I think for the first episode, it it got out of the way what you needed to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I liked how having him in the back door and sort of him sleeping, and that's how we got to him breaking out of. Um, the Sarlacc pit, you know, we're getting flashbacks, you know, yeah. what happened to him, how he lost his armor, everything like that. You know, I, I liked how they sort of told that story while also creating a bit of an intrigue of what we're really probably going to be seeing what the show is about mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, first day on the job for the guy yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, tensions, tensions already building, you know, and for me, Probably the big takeaway that, you know, and we're going to overanalyze and that's what we do being podcasters is, and I haven't seen a lot of people ask this question because everybody seems really impatient, is why does Boba Fett walk down this path of respect at the moment? Yeah. You know, like, because I'd like to think we're actually going to get a reason. I think we will. You know, Mm. I think we will get some sort of reason. Now, I'll say I loved it. So if you're looking for like an but if you're looking for an unbiased opinion, the next six weeks of this podcast are (laughs) not your place to turn to. This is the thing from Star Wars that I've wanted my entire life. I'm in, man, 100 percent. The one thing I'll say is I was surprised by the amount of as things went on and maybe I saw a couple of things, um, it seemed like flashbacks were a definite thing that were going to be happening, right? I was surprised by the amount of this first episode that was actually flashbacks. That's not a complaint. It was just a surprise. And then uh, Wednesday morning when I woke up, like the first thing that popped in my head when I opened my eyes was like, holy shit, that was kind of like, a Star Wars Lost episode, like the TV show Lost, mm. the way it was mm-hmm. sort of structured with the flashbacks and stuff. And let me tell you, that just made me like it more. And of course, like, you know, I feel like in some ways, while it was very cool and obviously we loved it at the time, the Mandalorian having a big moment at a big surprise moment at the end of each of its first episodes, Baby Yoda. And then uh, Tamora back as Boba kind of set people up to think that there was going to be some big moment at the end here, which I didn't need to enjoy it. I think there will be big moments in the show, but. And I'm I'm insulted as one of the world's biggest Max Rebo fans. How's that not the big moment? For everybody to go, that's not the big moment. Yeah, <laughs> I was just happy. I was just happy my buddy made it off the sail barge somehow and um, is getting around with. I can only assume is not one of the modal nodes, and it's like somebody that once played with them, but is claiming he's a member of the modal nodes and, oh, is, who was... and he's playing his own version of the cantina theme because that's what it was. It was the actual cantina theme. On the last Geek Dudes, Julian James was talking about a former guitarist from Kiss who yeah. had the onk on his face and now he's changed it to a cross 
like after he's been kicked out of the band so he can still wear the makeup at conventions that's that guy that's yeah. that guy that's that uh, so, biff that we saw with max Rebo. I, I think i saw um josh chapman of star wars spelt out like he said was that a flamenco version of the cantina theme and i didn't pick up on it on first watching so i kept an ear out just on my rewatch just before and it absolutely is yeah it definitely yeah. is now Speaking of themes, what do you guys think about the Boba Fett theme song? Like, you know, because the Mandalorian has... Hold on. I've been requested to do something. Hold on. And now Boba's got his own thing. What do you guys think about that, Will? What do you think about the Boba theme? I dig it. I know it's by the same guy. It doesn't hook me immediately like the Mandalorian theme did, but I do dig it. So, interestingly enough, it kind of leaked early on Tuesday where I got emailed it and somebody had ripped it off of YouTube because Ludwig Gorenson, I hope I got that right, uploaded it to his YouTube early and people were able oh. to rip it. So, somebody sent it to me and I was going around the house listening to it. And I'll tell you, my first yeah. reaction was like, oh, this is different. And then, like, I, I sent it to some other people. And was like, hey, if you want to hear it, this may be legit. Um, but having listened to it quite a bit between watching the episode three times and just listening to it on its own, I, I've, it's really grown on me. It doesn't have the, the same hook that the, um, the Mandalorian theme had initially, but it's growing on me. That hook is almost Western. The Mandalorian theme. Well, so is like this one, almost... too. It's weird. This I mean, one, you're right. To me, and not being like, you know, a, uh, like a, a student of music, to me, this one has like a Western vibe and almost like a, a biblical Ben-Hur type vibe to it, sort of in the middle. That's what I was going to say. A real like ancient world kind of, And then I don't know, like you're talking about. I also feel like it probably has some like, uh, uh, cultural reference to to more being a uh, being Maori, right? Like some of the that would be cool stuff at the beginning. Yeah, sort of tri a tribal feel. Yeah, to it. sort of a tribal like, feel to it. Which I guess in when we look at everything, because it does have like similar vibes to the Mandalorian. Um, and yes, it is the same composer. But I wonder if this is going to sort of be the style of sound that you get when dealing with Mandalorians, yeah. you know, without getting into the debate of Boba Fett's status as a Mandalorian, right? you know, uh, but, you know, the Mandalore system, et cetera, et cetera, like it, this is what comes with them is this feel and this vibe. It's, yeah. It's their culture, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking of things that surprised me, I got to say, of all things I expected in a flashback, I didn't expect them to kick off with Camino and Geonosis. And I don't know if you two fellas know this. Chris might, because, you know, he's on Twitter and stuff. But that scene of young Boba with, with um, Django's helmet, that is original from uh, Attack of the Clones. But then when it shifts to, like, sort of the shot behind Boba's head when he's looking at the face of the helmet, that was shot brand new for this that's a new shot that they made just for this and like maybe i shouldn't be impressed and surprised but the amount of effort for that tiny shot 
because then you got to get like a tiny little Daniel Logan stand in and all that stuff just for this one thing and how it looks fairly seamless with the original shot from Attack of the Clones. I was really impressed with that. I I think it's and I'm happy to be completely wrong by the end of this series. And let's just preface of. Or like everything we're about to say, and you know, Will Hawes and I, we're all going to be guilty of getting things horribly wrong. Oh yeah. If you had have said at the start of episode one of The Mandalorian that by the end of season two, Luke Skywalker is going to appear on a ship where dark troopers are attacking, um, Bo-Katan's going to be on there, but dark saber is going to be held by some sort of moth. You know, like, you know, you you never would have guessed a million years. So like, we really don't know where this is headed based on the first episode. But I wonder if it's foreboding of that's such a pivotal moment in his life. Yes. Him holding Django's helmet. And that's why setting up on like very early in this episode, in this series, like in its infancy, that had to be shown. Camino mm-hmm. had to be shown. Yeah. You know, like it's just, because you didn't have to show them to tell this story. So I'm just wondering, no. is it going to come back? I think it might. Camino's basically where he grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, Camino's the planet he grew up on until Attack of the Clones happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Where he spent his entire life unaltered. So, <laughs> and however he... old he was. How old do you think he, I'm sure there's a canon answer to this, but I assumed he was like, what, eight or nine years old? In Attack I was going to say 10. Yeah, yeah maybe 10. Nine or 10 maybe. Somewhere in that yeah. range. Um, yeah, I think... I have this theory that as the series goes on, there will be less and less flashbacks. Like, it'll, yeah. it'll slowly, over the next six episodes, sort of come to just focus on... Um, uh, quote-unquote present-day stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if they pull out not necessarily a shocking flashback, but like a sentimental flashback in the last episode. You know what I mean? Like some sort of bookend to the whole thing. One final flashback. And I don't know what that could be, but are you guys ready for my newest crazy theory? That we will see a flashback of Timora playing Django talking to young Boba. As you were talking about oh. it, as I can see young, you know, Django, like Death Age Django, you know. Yeah, somewhere around the time of Attack of the Clones. Boba Fett. Yeah. So this is And they all, would just use footage. Yeah, this is all meant to tie into an event. Yes. Right? It, like, from what we understand, and Star Wars plans change, <laughs> but, you know, the, the current idea is this all ties into an event. We've seen Django, you know, we're seeing Boba. We saw Bo-Katan and Conka Reeves reaction Koska to... Cosca, yeah, I wasn't sh- Sasha Banks. <laughs> we saw their reaction to Boba as sort of being a pretender to Mandalore, etc., etc. We know, or we think we've got, we're pretty sure Din at some point communicates to Boba present day of you're mm-hmm. sitting on the throne of Jabba, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Are we going to get? Are we going to see reasons that Boba is going to side with Din 
and maybe intervene and assist in a battle with Bo-Katan. I know we're going crazy, but I need to get in now and (laughs) get the craziness out there. Yeah, so I think... I think what's going to happen by the end of this bo- book of Boba Fett is we are going to see Din reach out to Boba for his help. And mm. I kind of wonder if it's going to be established that, like, yes, Django is a Mandalorian, but he was sort of an outcast, maybe because of his chosen profession, maybe because he allowed the Kaminoans to clone him and create an army, whatever it may end up being. And, like, Boba has grown up. Obviously, Boba had no sort of Mandalorian connection as he was growing up. You know, he didn't, he was sort of a lone gunman as far as we can see. So maybe he will wrestle with this fact of like, you know, these Mandalorians are supposed to be my people, but they outcast my dad. And now. Maybe, maybe that's why he's so obsessed with being respected. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Not a good one. Maybe that has something to do with this whole idea of ruling with respect. And then, because Boba's Boba's very like when they were sassing Boba in that bar, mm-hmm. he was very aware of what their views of his dad was. Yes, and what they think about like this was not new information to no. him. No, so I feel like maybe that'll be sort of his conflict, and he'll view it as some way of like I don't know the right word of like maybe getting revenge for his dad. Or maybe even just honoring his dad or redeeming his dad's name, even the Fett name, you know. So I, I do think this is going to end up with him joining up with Din. Now, will that be against Bo Katan? I don't know. Uh, I, obviously, there's going to have to be some sort of conflict for them to face off against in future seasons of The Mandalorian. And I don't know if that's going to be Bo Katan versus Din, or maybe they start off on the same side and she turns against Din, who knows. But I do think it will ultimately end up with Boba Fett joining back with that group and he'll be part of the Mandalorian going forward. I hope. I hope. Maybe they kill him off in the last episode. And boy, will that last episode, the podcast for that one will be rough. I think you're safe. So I'd also like to say, told you guys that, that that Boba's pod was in the palace, that he had his own little back to tank. Um, and damn, does that thing uh, look handy because Boba comes up out of the Sarlacc looking like one of those old dried up dog turds on the side of the <laughs> road. And man, is he looking fresh after a few Bantha or Bantha uh, back to baths. So. Well, I was going to ask, see what you guys think. Um, and obviously, we're not linear going through the episode. We're assuming everybody knows yes. exactly what's happened and so we can jump back and forth. I was surprised by Boba seems to almost have a reliance on it. Like when he got messed up <laughs> yeah. and he was straight to those Gamorians, get me to the tank, and was thrown in there. It was almost like he's actually still very much in a weakened state i think so and too. he knows he's got to get in there quick yeah i was kind of wondering if there's something wrong with him right like mm-hmm. and, and it could be the effects of um the sarlacc for sure i mean you gotta imagine um and then intense dehydration and starvation immediately afterward yeah yeah and then um you know 
I think there is something wrong with him. That's the first thing I thought when he got messed up and was like, get me to the back to pod or whatever. <clears throat> so I think that'll be part of what's going on in the present day stuff is figuring that out as well. Or it could just be that they want to get back in the fucking flashback juice. When Fennec shows up, you know, and the machine stops, it says, you know, healing session paused, you know, or whatever. Like, it doesn't say finished. It's not complete, obviously. Right. right. Um, I, you... wonder, I wonder if we'll get, Will, I wonder if we'll get that moment where something's going down at its healing process complete. Oh, and then he comes <laughs> out uh, like. Yeah. When, when you it's know on. he's full power, he's jacked yeah. up. Because he was beast mode in The Mandalorian. Yeah, I look. I don't know if he's still. I've seen some people say that. Part of me says, well, he's fighting stormtroopers. And we've spent the last 40 years, 50 years, whatever, being told how useless stormtroopers are or being shown yeah, how right. useless stormtroopers are. And in this one, he was going up against the master assassins. Honestly, I don't need an explanation because I do kind of think it's coming is that there's something wrong with him. Um. And then, uh, what did you guys think of the Sarlacc pet? Uh, we finally got to see that's Boba. Go for it, buddy. That's exactly what I was going to ask you about. Um, so, he, let me just get this straight. He wakes up in the Sarlacc pit. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, in the middle of the acidic skin folds or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he sees a stormtrooper. And he jacks his air. Yes. His, his oxygen, oxygen supply. And, and, and breathes the oxygen. And then he roasts the Sarlacc from the inside out, basically, and climbs out. Mm -hmm. Right. Am I missing something? Nope. I think that's pretty much it, buddy. Okay. Because I was like, my kids were screaming and everything kind of <laughs> at that point. So I kind of, I missed that a little bit, That the first little part. Yeah. It was in um, no ways uh, a complicated escape from the Sarlacc pit. You know, they didn't have him using his Pretty balling, honestly. Or... Uh, they didn't have Dengar showing up to rescue him like he did in the EU. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he just sort of, I don't know. I don't know if it was cause I kind of feel like they were implying that he killed the Sarlacc. Cause when you see him coming out of it, those tentacles are not moving. They're flopped. They are flopped over. They're yeah. flopped over. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, th I didn't think about that. Cause I was going to say. It's not impossible others have escaped the Sarlacc before him. Right. Right. Um, like, I, as you said, like, a useless stormtrooper getting stuck in there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I expect one of those dudes not to be able to get out. And where did that guy come from? And he may have been dead before he came. There were several. In, you know, you remember in Return of the Jedi, in the Sarlacc scene, like, aren't there? No, there's no, no stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. I, I do have a theory. Right. Yeah. I do have a theory in that the Empire try bowling up to Jabba like oh, in my okay. head canon and sort of like you're going to do what we say and he's like I uh, don't think so I'm going to throw <laughs> uh, this guy and in the Sarlacc he said let me show you this neat thing in the sand right here yeah <laughs> and don't and don't bother me again uh this episode not doing anything to uh increase my like a Jawas by the way because those yeah, bastards right. Rotten bastards. They just come up and straight up strip my dude down to his jammies and then knock him out. And then knock him out and leave him for dead. Left that, for dead on the so, sands of Tatooine. Tatooine. so reminds me of what happened to one of my friends in New Orleans. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Uh, long story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, like, those little, like, 
between them and the little kid Tuscan Raider, it was like, if you're short and in Tatooine, I'm just booting you in the head. <laughs> like, I can't take any risks. What did you guys think of the the Tuscans, the Tuscan Raiders that they introduced in this episode? I think that Chieftain, or whatever he is, is one of the coolest Star Wars designs we've gotten in quite a while. Uh, yeah, I agree. I like the Chief guy. And I, I was, I was just gonna say, I assume these guys are probably some other clan of Tuscans or something because they all wear the dark robes. It seems like a pretty small settlement too, so I wonder if there's anything to that, right? Yeah, I was saying to Hawes, it sort of to me, it was some of the coolest designs since Emphas Nest. Yeah, and it sort of had that That's vibe true. a little bit to it. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the, what, the one thing I can't work out is what Tuscan Raiders, like, what's their motivation? You know, what are they about? How do they work? And I, I'll be curious to see it, because it's going to get explored, obviously. In Din clearly has a relationship with Tuscan Raiders. Mm -hmm. we, we can see a relationship with Tuscan Raiders is not easy to obtain because, you know, poor old Shmi got the old tie-up treatment, the mm -hmm. dehydration torture treatment, and I think they just use their slaves to dig them up those little pods to drink water out of. So how do you form a relationship with them and sort of what are their wants and desires on Tatooine? Yeah, because a part of it just seems they want water, right? At least yeah. from what we see. And like the one thing that has become apparent to me between two seasons of The Mandalorian and now this is uh, John Favreau loves Tusken Raiders because he has done more for like Tusken Raider um, screen time than anybody so far. Like he's giving you these uh, <coughs> insights into how sort of how they work uh, that we haven't seen in Star Wars. Like even, you know, because they're only in a couple of movies, right? Um, I got to say, um, I don't like that Tuscan kid. Boy, I don't like that Tuscan kid. Took credit, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Tried to take credit for uh, Boba killing the Kraken, Goro. Well, that's what gave him favor with the chief. Right. You bring up the, you, you know, you bring up the youth, you make, you know, show him he's passed his trial of manhood. And that, you know, that's your, your, your green light with the chief. I think so, it might have been more that he saved his kid. Yeah. Even. Horse, too, I'm sure. you, you love animals. Yes. You're like, do you want a Tuscan dog? No, man. I got to say, <laughs> like, I love animals and I'm, I'm already, if you mean, I'm even all right with reptiles, but like a giant lizard dog. I don't know, man. I, I, <laughs> Those I say things it, are straight out of Hellraiser. They sure are. Um, and I like, I don't know the little detail of when Boba cuts himself loose and then he chokes out the dog and then pets it. I was mm. like, oh, man, because <laughs> the last time we saw one of these dogs, it was Din being real cool with one, being like real mm. cool with it, like petting it and stuff. Um, they um, love that Rodian head, man. Boy, do they use that same Rodian head from time to time. I'm almost certain that's the same 
you guys remember in Solo when all of uh, the cloud riders start taking their helmets off and there's a Rodian in Emphis Nest group? I think that's the Mm. same mask appliance as Mm. that one. And I think that one's also shown up in The Mandalorian before. Uh, we got well. We got, a, we got the one. <laughs> we got we got, we got to hear Slimo thrown around as well. We sure did. Uh, which gave me a good chuckle when I heard Slimo thrown around. I prefer that than um, what is it? Dank Ferret. Oh, Dank Ferret is the worst. Yeah, give me Slimo any day of the week. Um, but yeah, that Rodian ratting him out he just had, as he was about to be free. Life. Yeah, for what? What did that purpose is that serve? They could have been Scott. So, Bill, if I'm gonna die, you gonna die with me? Well, yeah. you got to see it. Well, like what? Like that thing? Like Rodian was trying to carry favor with the kid because if you saw later when the kid took them out the next day, mm-hmm. the Rodian wasn't chained up like um, Boba was chained up. Because yeah. the kid knew he was a pussy and he wasn't gonna and try and anything on. Man, I don't know what has made me angrier in a star Wars episode than when that Rodian would start cheering when he found one of those pods, when he would start cheering about that, I'd be like, don't you cheer. Don't you try to suck up to this little kid? What are you doing, man? Um, so what do you guys, uh, I have a question. There's this scene, right? The little Tuscan guy, takes Boba and the Rodian out to dig for the water pods or whatever. And they come across a house, like a moisture farm that some raiders are killing everybody and stealing their water. Was I am still a little confused. Did the kid take them, take them there purposely to show it to him? Or was that just on the way to where he was taking them to dig? And he was, he was like, Whoa, get down. We don't want them to see him. Clearly, those guys on the swoop bikes, we've seen them in the trailer. I think they're, you know, they're going to be part of a future flashback um, coming up. But does I, their symbol mean anything? Like, has it been seen before? I haven't seen any. It didn't remind me of anything. And then mm. I didn't see anybody calling it out. Maybe it does, but it didn't strike me as something I've, familiar. I've got a theory on that symbol. What do you think it is? Because it sort of looks like a J. And an L, right? Yeah, right. I believe they're into the Snyderverse. Oh no! And that they were they were demanding the Snyder cut gets released at Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, so, what do you guys? Was that? I just couldn't figure it out. Like, was it just something they happened across on their their trip, or was it something he purposely this. took them to? The shot right before they approach there is like the kid Tuscan Raider pointing to smoke on the horizon, basically, which makes leads me to think that they were just checking it out on their way to the water digging spot. I got because you. they peeped, and then when he pulled back on the reins, they ducked out of there. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, watching them steal the water so, from the moisture so farmer. When the, I thought when, it was Luke, the Skywalker farm, but it, it I mean, obviously not. I was worried when it first popped up. I was like, oh, are they going to do some Lars Homestead stuff? But it wasn't. Um, But I was worried. When the the Kraken slash Goro attacks, Mm -hmm. it's interesting that when it goes to attack Boba, the kid does run in to make the save. Right. 
And is that a thank you for Boba not beating the kid to death earlier in the show? Because that does occur. Yeah. That Boba, <laughs> when he's about, like, he raises the stick and the kid sort of flinches and Boba doesn't hit. Yep. Um, or was the kid just in survival mode of, I need to help Boba if I'm going to get out of this? I don't know. Well, I was going to say, saving Boba Fett is his best chance at survival because he is clearly not a fighter. It's like either save Boba Fett or die. Yeah. Um, man, once again, talk about something I didn't expect. I did not expect them to uncover a creature in the sand that was like this crazy Ray Harryhausen tribute creature and shit. Like, it took me by surprise. Crocodile, half Goro. And then uh, the kid running back with the head. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just carrying Who cut the... the head off, Boba. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Maybe the kids. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Either way, what a what a thing to do. This giant lizard head, and you just come running back with it. And I do agree. The kid taking credit for it. Oh, that ticked me off. <laughs> I did like Dad the chieftain. Did, yeah, the chieftain immediately knew. Like, he immediately wa walks over to Boba's side and hands him the water. Um, and, man, did that water seem refreshing, might I add. I feel and like there's going to be some sort of Tusken Raider face reveal. I don't want there to be, but I don't, I don't know why you would get these close to these characters. I kind of feel like a Tusken Raider might just kind of look like humans under there right they're just a clan they're clans of folks that have lived out in the desert and they wear these special <clears throat> devices that help them live in the desert and stuff but who knows mm -hmm. i mean that's left out in the open they could be anything under there yeah i've never been sure exactly what's going on yeah underneath that it could like be in star Jared wars Leto's that could Joker. just be their <laughs> it could just be their weird sort of faces because like let's not forget you've got those weird religious things in Rogue One that wander around with no heads. Oh, yeah, with like the half the heads or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. those things are weird. Um, um, what did you guys think about the present day stuff? Like, because it opens up, you know, with Fennec Shand waking him up out of the back to pod, and then it's time to meet everybody for that's coming to pay tribute. Like, one of my favorite scenes in this episode is everybody, the all the people that come in to pay tribute to Boba. Um what did you think of that part, Will? Oh, that was sick as hell. Like, and he's you be basically feeling out how he's going to have to deal with the folks that come or who don't come and what they bring. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm ready for that snide little the the mayor's errand boy. I'm ready for him to get something. I was like, oh, oh you bring all that disrespect in here. I need you to get slapped around a little bit. You just let him walk out of here. You didn't even slap him around. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, but I think he's seen these bosses take this stance before mm -hmm. and feels that eventually it's going to go back their way. Yeah. And, like, jumping ahead, you know, I I don't think there's need for any crazy conspiracy. You know, I just think the mayor is the one that sent those assassins. Yeah. You know, so it, the he's, uh, he's condescending, dragging this out of... Yeah, Maya's not coming. Yeah, you're not getting a tribute. And you really Where's should give my me a tribute. tribute. 
And even yeah. when they sort of said, you're leaving with my life, he was not threatened at all. No. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Was like, he was oh, like, thanks. Uh, if I were you, I'd expect another correspondence from the mayor. Oh, oh, I can't wait for him to get a Beskar boot up his ass. Oh, that character. Yeah. Uh, I loved the loved the Gamorians. Like loved them. Yes. Like yes. That Boba sparing them in that, and you knew, it, like, I, I love watching stories unfold when you know it's the right story to tell. Yeah. And when Fennec and Boba were surrounded. I knew in my head of like the Gamorreans are running in yep. and it's going to pay off that, you know, he saved it. What did you guys think of Fennec being the bad cop to Boba's good cop? I like it. Une- you I know, did not expect it, but I like it. If this was, it works. You know, if this was a nineties dark horse comic, Boba would have killed everybody that came in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> he would have jetpacked over to the mayor's house and killed him. He would have jetpacked over and, Probably had sex with some ladies at that bar. You know what I mean? That's what would have been happening. We'll get to that bar and the ladies. Um, But then to have him be like, no, I want to do this differently. And Fennec be the one that constantly wants to kill him. I love that dynamic. I love that dynamic. So I think that's really fun. Um, How about that Trandoshan bringing in a (laughs) Wookiee pelt as tribute? Brutal. That is brutal. Like it, it's it's pretty impressive that people manage to kill Wookies, right? Like because you know Chewie's so formidable, um, and I know we see in Solo, you know, if you malnourish a Wookie bad enough, you know they're in a pretty weakened state, right? Um, but yeah, I I I know I, I'd love to know what that dude was saying. Initially, like I know, Fennec Chan said something about friendship. Oh, the Aqualish like, guy. Yeah, you know, we've got to get a protocol droid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what did you think of old mate? Um, what's the droid's name? Eight D eight. Yeah, I I love seeing him back. Me too, man. And uh, if people aren't aware, Matt Barry did his voice from um, what the we fantasy do in the football shadows. guy from Howard Stern. Huh. You know, the guy that does all the fantasy football stuff on the Stern Show. No, it's not him. Oh. Um, that is a Matt Berry. Um, that's just the Matt Berry that popped in my mind. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, I loved Because 8D8, one of the few figures I had as a kid. 8D8 was packing the shelves in 1987 in Columbus, Mississippi, let me tell you. You could find 8D8 for days. I probably had two of those guys. Um, cool looking droid though i've always thought i thought so too it just sucks the only time we've seen him he was dropping hot pokers on a gaunt gong droid's feet (laughs) um so Hawes, i listened to your reaction episode Mm -hmm. and you said that you know you've never been to a club where they offer to service your helmet (laughs) i'm just i'm just saying you haven't been to the right clubs my friend (laughs) well Fair enough. I mean, buddy, <laughs> you want to see someone awkward, and Will can tell you this, it's halls at a club of any type, much less one where they service your helmet upon entry. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I, I could have uh, been on the bench for a long time. I could use uh, my <laughs> helmet to be serviced. But Jennifer Beals looks amazing. Oh. Like when I looked up and she's 58 years old. Yeah. And it's like, 
uh, I don't well, that's the Twilight Lady in the nightclub that sort of oh. runs the nightclub. Like she's from Flashdance. Right. Um okay. she's the main actress. She is stunning. <laughs> yeah, and I liked, you know, I don't know that many people make this comparison, but I liked that once again Boba Fett went in and was just kind of smooth about it. You know what I mean? Like he mm, was. They were like, "Do you want us to it clean was respectful? Clean your helmets?" And he and you know, Finnick is like, "No." And he was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And then when she came up, he didn't like. He wasn't like, "Hey, I'm the new guy in town." He was very. He was kind of smooth with her. It reminds me of that scene in Return of the Jedi when Boba uh, touches the dancer's chin. You know what I mean? Mm. It's the only time you mm. ever see something like that from Boba in the movies. So it gave it, me a bit of a is. vibe of that. And then them returning the helmet to him filled with money. I thought that was pretty sick too. Did yeah, they, that was their tribute. Did the club know that they were about to be jumped once they stepped foot outside? I don't know. That's a good question, right? Because mm. um, Jennifer Beale's character definitely seems like someone who's in the know with that kind of thing. Um, yeah, she was playing it dumb. And I do like that uh, Boba refuses to be carried around. Like, because mm. I guess that's tradition. Like, Jabba did it. And clearly, Bib Fortuna did it too to put on all that weight, I guess. Um, but, like, I, I, like, I laugh because in wrestling terms, when like Macho Man Randy Savage would become the Macho King, they'd get four jobbers to carry him around on a throne. And oh. that's what I that's what I was picturing. And like, could you imagine having to carry Jabba around? Buddy, that took a lot like, of folks. Uh, surely they just wheel like had a wheel system. <laughs> Some <laughs> intricate set of pulleys and wheels to get this big bastard down the street but so everybody can praise I thought, him. I thought it was interesting that I think it's Fennec said the term huts not mm -hmm. hut yes huts um so that still keeps in play of my hope that a hut comes back to tatooine to try and take back what oh. they feel is theirs. that would be pretty sick that's guaranteed gonna happen uh oh the huts really? are not just gonna give up tatooine I mean, the Hut Empire—they're—they're they're a crime empire. They're not just gonna let Boba Fett have what was theirs. The Huts are gangsters. They were probably, yeah, they're gangsters. They were probably like the fact that Big Portuna was a dunce, and they were gonna knock him over as soon as they felt like it. You know, Boba Fett beat him to it. Horse, you've kept up with the comics a lot better than what Will and I would have. What's the status of the Huts? Okay. In terms of the galaxy. So towards the end of War of the Bounty Hunters, a lot, if not of all, if not all of the heads of the like different hut families get killed, except for Jabba. Um, yep. Now that's just the hut, the heads. Someone took their place. So there's still yep. a hut, you know, family empire or whatever out but there. But there's now, now Hutter is a planet, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're out there. You know, and I imagine they still have, you know, some shenanigans going on. So it's not impossible for one to show up. And I would be so stoked if it did. Um, so we did talk about it briefly. Man Max Rebo being in that thing sure did make me smile. Um, I think they did a pretty good job with the new puppet. Doesn't look 100% like that uh, Return of the Jedi one, but a pretty good job. And man, did that make me happy. Yeah, like I I know people 
complain about cameos and everything and we've seen them done wrong and yes. dr Evzan and ponda barber in rogue one is probably the most egregious um but when it's done right and it doesn't hurt and it just makes you feel good inside that you saw it like max rebo perfect you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's the perfect way of doing it and like it's I, not heavy-handed no yeah. he's just in there and it wasn't like boba fett and fennec came in and they're like man i love max rebo you know, he was playing on that sail barge the day it blew up. I wonder how he got out. You know, it's not... They just show him. He's playing his little piano. Everybody gets excited. That's what I like. Um, so if I had a couple of minor complaints about the first episode, one of them would be I did feel like the fight scene when they leave the cantina with the assassins started off kind of stiff and awkward. Like, it wasn't the most compelling one. Once that they, if you, if you watch the art, one of the art stills, mm-hmm. uh, at the end has that, that look, looks better in art than I think it came off in, in, you know, in, in actual movie magic. Like that whole scene looked cooler as an art piece than it did. Yeah. No. I don't know. However, they pulled it off and they did fine. I'm not saying, no, no I get look, what you're saying though. Buddy, because wonky. Because of how much I like this episode, and and like I have to be sort of self-aware about me and Boba Fett, I'm just trying to come up with something. You know what I mean? And I do feel like it started off a little stiff and awkward. Once the Gamorreans run in and sort of break up that shield wall or whatever, it gets a lot better. And then ending it with Boba blasting a dude with one of his wrist rockets and basically vaporizing him. I'm a big fan of that. Big fan of that. I also don't like it because I feel like I'm watching Boba Fett get his ass beat the whole damn time. And, you know, he, he beheads somebody. Um, The thing is, well, I mean, he, but, uh, he kills a giant monster. And you also got to, like, right. show him being vulnerable or else it doesn't seem like anything's going to be a threat to him through the whole show, right? Like, I think right. you do have to have him take his lumps. It's kind of like having Din. I mean, you know, Din gets beat up pretty bad. Especially in the first season, I mean, of at the end the of season one, he took a fatal headshot. Well, yeah, and he, he gets beat up by the Mudhorn, and uh, his ship get he gets fucked over mm-hmm. by Jawas. You know, you got to show the they can't be the Terminator. You know what I mean? <clears throat> um, so he got hit so hard that his brain didn't think good <laughs> until the back there and you know, finished- turned it on. Fennec Shan, I think, has been one of the best additions into the Star Wars canon She's of the new era. So great, and clearly mm. they pl- they plan on, you know, really working her character quite a bit. If the- she's already showing up in animation and stuff, you know, um, so I think that's really cool. Uh, and she, as an actress, is great. Like, I I think she's one of the few good parts of the Street Fighter movie. If I'm being completely honest, Ming-Na Wen as Chun-Li is pretty good. Yeah. Because um, Van Damme's awful in that. I, didn't, I almost said awesome. I, that's just... Well, every, <laughs> everything that's about, the default status. Everything about that movie is awful. I know, man, but it's... Raul, except like, for Raul Julia. Yeah, I was going to say Raul Julia's in, but, but even then, it's not on the... It's not as good as Frank Langella's Skeletor. You know, oh. like... It, <laughs> it, it, it's... 
it's you know apples and oranges. Great, no, apples but, no oranges. great actors playing big villains in mm. awful movies. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell <laughs> you, man. Frank Langello, he was Skeletor buff was. at the time, right? And he really wanted yeah. to show off his body. He'll tell you. Like, <laughs> if you watch documentaries, he'll talk. Like Frank Langello will talk about the <laughs> musculature. <laughs> musculature. Um, musculature. Anyways, uh, you know, the scene with Finnick chasing them I thought was all right. I do like that, you know, he's like, uh, bring them back alive. And when she gets to the end of the chase, the two of them are standing there. And she's like, well, I only need one of them. So she kicks the other one off the top of that. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, but I'm very happy with this episode. Uh, and once again, my other only complaint is I wish it was longer. Like, it does kind of suck that these Star Wars shows... Like, why can't they be hour-long sh- episodes? Or even, you know, what would a, a hour-long show be on TV with commercials? What were they, like 47 minutes or something like that? Um, I will say, during that whole fight scene and the chase afterward, I was like, where is everybody's blasters? Where are y'all's damn guns at? Like, there was just a lot of melee combat, which I like, don't get me wrong. Right. But, uh... I was like, damn, where's everybody's blasters? <laughs> um, I got to say, you know, the other thing um, that kind of impressed me was this was a show shot during COVID, 100%, right? And <clears throat> there, I feel like there was always the chance, because I think you can kind of see it in some of the Marvel shows sometimes, where it feels like you can see the effects of being shot like mm-hmm. that. This, I thought it was Feels hollow, yeah. You know, granted... Uh, you know, lots of people had masks on, be they like the assassins that had like the mask we're all going around wearing or, uh, you know, prosthetic masks and stuff. But it, it had a sense of scale to it that was nice to see considering when it was produced. Right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm just I'm just thinking episode two. I think we're probably going to see Boba meeting with the mayor. I think so too. Like, which is what we see in the previews. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the uh, mayor, mayor is forward the, to that. Yeah, the Athorian guy. I think that's the mayor. Um, I think it'll probably open. Well, you know, open with them interrogating that one guy, finding out that the mayor sent them, and then their trip is to go see the mayor. Um, mm. And whatever. Because he ain't coming to them. And then I think there will be. At some point, Boba is going up against those fucking Raider guys that we saw in the flashbacks. We've seen that in the trailer, too, where everybody was um, uh, speculating that Cammy from the deleted scene in A New Hope. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? There's the deleted scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I know who you're talking about. Luke goes to see his friends, and there's Cammy and Fixer, and they call Luke Wormy. They're at Tashi Station. People think there's a scene from one of the trailers that's Tashi Station. And it's Boba in like his undergarments from his armor, so it's a flashback. And uh, there's a couple characters in those scenes that people think are Cammy and Fixer. In one of the books, is it the Last Jedi book where Luke? Oh my goodness! Like, yes, like has the dream where, where he he's stayed. married Cammy and has a family. Yeah. So <clears throat> canonically, Luke's like uh, boyhood crush was Cammy back yeah. on Tatooine. So um, um, that worked out better for him than his sister. His sister, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure did. Um, 
do you guys want to take some a couple voicemails and stuff before we call it a night yes i have a feeling i know what they're all going to be about the only jedi master who can crash box Running around slaying bitches with his cock head. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cockhead. So stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. Hey, so if you guys would like to send in a voicemail or an email, it's easy enough. Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, look, the email inbox is popping because of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, if we don't get to your episode, your email or your voicemail this week, you know we catch up. I just like to give that warning. I don't want to disappoint anybody. First up is King Tom, King of All Toms. Hey there, Haas and Will. Like you guys, I was excited and very happy, gratified to see the return of Star Wars fan favorite character, Max Rebo, <laughs> to our screens the other day. Um, you know, it was great that just like in Legends and Robot Chicken, that, that Max Rebo did indeed survive the explosion of Jabba's sail barge. Although I don't know if his bandmates did, because Max has got a new band. Um, it's kind of interesting because they have a, a droid playing the drums. Um, and, and, you know, I know, Pause, you, uh, you are someone who appreciates music. And I, I, yeah, I said it like that on purpose. Um, but what, it, what, what is your take on that? A droid playing drum? I mean, does this mean there are droids that can play other instruments? Um, what would the impact of, like, an all-droid band be? Or what if, like, the droid was the instrument? I think I just blew my own mind there. And I wanted to get your take on... You know, what type of music would a droid-based band or droid musicians play? Um, yeah, it just kind of, it's its a weird concept, but it's been in the back of my head, and these are the things that I'm thinking about uh, after having watched the book of Max Reba. I mean, the book of Boba Fett. I really liked the first episode. I think it, you know, it we don't know where it's going exactly, but it's, it's set up a very interesting world, um, even though we've already been to Tatooine, but, you know, a different part of it. Uh, and it really added to, to Boba's character in a good way. Uh, and, of course, obviously, I'm looking forward to more. Uh, and that's the thing. That was my reaction. As soon as the show ended, I wanted even more. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. And I'll talk with you guys later. Thanks, King Tom. Uh, now, I want you two guys to help me. Was he just making a swipe at my new metal fandom from when I was a teenager by saying I was someone who, quote unquote, appreciated music? Was that like sort of like a classic <clears throat> King Tom uh, jab at the joke that goes around in our podcast friend group where I, like, I'm the guy that had the horrible taste of music? 
<laughs> a little passive aggressive from King Tom. Eh. Um, but but it's all right because King Tom's the dopey one here. In no. clearly, clearly in our world already, droids have made music. I have seen Daft Punk for a very long time. I have seen no indication that those two dudes are human. Fair enough. Um, they are droids. And also King Tom, I think you will find that drum machines have been used in popular music for a very long time. So I don't know why you've got to be dirty on the droids playing drums. <laughs> I like, uh, well, you know, we also see a droid in a band in Star Wars Visions in that second episode. Uh, there's a droid in that band. And it just seems like it's kind of like, is. it just plays electronica noises or something. I don't know. Keyboard. It's like and that. Keyboard. Would- it's like, why does Slipknot have a fucking, why do they need a DJ? That's that droid in that band. Yeah, well, DJ Lethal's Limp Bizkit's droid. Like, the, and you could argue Buckethead's a droid. But the, the thing, what I think, if we're looking into the future on planet Earth, is, you know, I think everybody acknowledges Kiss is horrible. You know, some of the worst music ever committed to the genre. <laughs> but if Gene and Paul have their way, they will have droids wearing the makeup, just oh, continuing yeah. on the music, touring and making as much money as possible. Like they are annoyed they have to get humans to re- replace um, Peter Chris and Ace Freely. Like they, they're, yeah, they're ready for droids. If they existed now, they would have them 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I was made for love and used the best kiss song. And they would hate to hear me say that. War Machine probably for Kiss. I, I say Detroit Rock it. City. It's funny that all Detroit three Rock of us City don't like good, Kiss, and <laughs> but each of us have like, if I gotta say it, <laughs> they got a good song, and it's each well, of us have you, a different one. Did you ever see the movie Detroit Rock City? Yes, yes. How much of a really ripoff of movie. Jay was that dude? Like they straight up took. Jason Muse's character yep. <laughs> and put it in a movie. And it's like, Kevin Smith must have been ropeable. Well, you know, uh, that's not the only time that's ever happened. This would be one you haven't seen because you're not a fan of horror movies. But in Freddy versus Jason, there's an even bigger J ripoff. Like, like almost just give 100%. Muse the work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He'll do it. <laughs> you know Kevin Smith would have signed off on it, too. That dude's selling Absolutely. NFTs and shit to fund Clerks 3. Yeah. Um, I think like I think what Chris said about Daft Punk in the Star Wars universe, if there was an all droid band, I think that's what it would be like. Also, uh, what about like programmable punk pop? What about programmable uh pianos? You ever see those pianos that play themselves? Like you go to a restaurant or something and there's just a piano playing itself. There was um one of mine and Will's old roommates, Josh, worked at an Italian restaurant. And there was one of those um, pianos. And sometimes they'd have someone in there actually playing it. But when it was turned on to play in itself, the owner would just sit out there and pretend that he was playing the piano all night. Uh, I'm a piano <laughs> that plays itself, horse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I got up, uh, got on a player piano fucking tangent. All right, let's see. Who's next? Next up, we got Jim. Good evening and will i am super pumped for book of boba fett i know that you guys are as well um if you could have the uh, let's say bosk is in the show 
if, if you could have one other bounty hunter, who would you choose? And also, um, if there was a cameo from the original saga, uh, who would you hope to see? Ooh. All right, gentlemen. You have an excellent evening, and I'd like that green. I like this question because it's one that came in last week when we had the week off, but it still works for this uh, episode. So, Chris, one other bounty hunter, somebody from the original trilogy, who would you like to have show up? Um, if I'm gonna have a bounty hunter show up, I know nobody wants to see him, but you know, just for something different to bring Cad Bane to live action. <laughs> nobody oh, wants man. to see Good him. <laughs> Was that sarcasm? But, you know, yeah, but I'm just saying there is a lot of pushback on the I don't want to see these Clone Wars characters. Yeah, I guess come to live action you know i guess i'm always defensive of it seems whenever i want to see something there's uh, strong opinions of i don't want to see it i don't want to see it i know the uh, i know the feeling look buddy i'm i i think cad bane is gonna be in it i don't know mm. anything for sure but it, that seems to be like the whispers on the wind now if i had to choose one it's also a clone wars and i'm not counting cad bane because that's how much I think he's going to be. I'm not counting Bosk. Um, I'm not counting... I I don't think IG-88 will be in it, just because I think that might be a little too confusing having... I don't know. I always sort of underestimate the general non-Star Wars fan public that watches these shows and stuff. Um, do you guys remember Embo from Clone Wars? Yes. The guy that had like the hat that he would use as a weapon? Um mm -hmm. That's the the bounty hunter I'd like to see show up. What about you, Will? I was gonna say IG eighty eight. Oh, I would be very happy. It would be cool. IG eighty yeah, eight's be, my second you know, favorite of the classic bounty. IG eleven was so badass. Mm -hmm. You know, I can only imagine what an even colder, heartless IG unit. Does IG would be like. does IG eighty eight sound like? Taika Waititi that was my question that was going to be my question I would hope so because he did such a great job with IG-88 or 11 yeah Man, that's fucking yeah. confusing I know. Um, <laughs> but uh they could have just made that IG-88 they could have just done that that could have made things way more simple <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't but but like in terms of cameras and stuff, this is how bad my opinions are. I will admit that I am such a Star Wars tragic that I have the worst Star Wars wants and wishes. I was on a phone call to a friend talking Book of Boba and lamented. I'm the one that went, damn, it sucks that they killed off Darth Maul in Rebels. Right. Because how cool would it be if Maul leading the Crimson Sun was on Tatooine feuding with Boba and Fredrick Shan? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Like, I'm the dude that would be like, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I know a lot of people who harvest listeners are throwing tomatoes at their listening devices. Well, I'll tell you this, buddy. That. I will 100% say that had they not killed Maul off in Rebels, the Maul and, and Obi-Wan rematch would have been the plot of Obi-Wan. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That would have been what they yeah. did. So that I think if you really... Because think about it, that... I think that would have been it. And if you think about it, I think you can sort of pinpoint when Obi-Wan became a possibility. And it was after that episode of Rebels was produced. 
because yeah. I think had it been in even in talks or the works, they might have been like, hey, man, maybe don't do that because we're taking small, this thing live action. On a small question, I, I can't speak for Will. I know Hawes does no matter what he says. Some of us have seen Ray Park's Wang. Don't bring him back. Does, yeah, you can't bring him back? I don't think so. Yeah, it looks like, like do, who's more of a chance to come back? Liam Neeson or Ray Park? Who? In the, had pretty shitty things happen. I know it's probably neither, but you know what I mean. But I think most likely would probably be Liam Neeson because I think the way it has been established, right, in mm. um, in preceding material, which they do, like, you know, sort of pay attention to. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten something like Cad Bane, right? But yeah. uh, uh, Qui-Gon can only communicate through voice. He can't sort of, like, materialize necessarily like, you know, all the other Force ghosts, right? So mm. I think you would stand more Until chance. they decide that he can. Right. Oh, Will's right. Exactly. Yeah. 100% Will. 100%. But I'm saying they could also get away with like a voice cameo, right? Was he a right. voice cameo in The Rise of Skywalker? Yes. But was that before or after his radio interview? Yeah, I can't remember. I can, every, people are such douches and so much shit has happened. Yeah, I know. It's hard surviving to sh Surrounding shit I like that it's hard to fucking place it on a timeline. But like Ray Park, like considering everything that was happening with Star Wars and even G.I. Joe, he threw away everything at a time where everything was on the table. It was extraordinary. It was not long after like, he showed amazing. up in Solo, right? Yeah, yeah. And look, um, the, the incident with him and his Wang was the worst one, I guess, but there was weird shit going on on Ray yeah. Parks. Like, I would have people say to me, like, do you think Ray Park is okay? Like, yeah, there was and the answer is no. Yeah, I don't think he. There's clearly something yeah. going on. So I think uh, it, it's probably a, a, a totally fine that Darth Maul is killed off in reality because yeah. then Easier. that's going to open up the can of worms of like, yeah, they should recast him, right? And then mm -hmm. you're going to get the assholes who are, who are like, no, no matter what, it should be Ray Park, and then it's just going to be this whole thing. So. I think it's fine that Maul's gone and it would have been crazy to see an alternate universe where he didn't die in Rebels and that was going to be the plot of Obi-Wan and then the Ray Park stuff happens. I wonder how that would have shaken out, you know, because right now they don't have to use him in anything if they don't want to. And, and just to answer your question, Will, no, it wasn't double-sided. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, who's an original trilogy character you'd like to see show up, Will? Um. Ooh. Uh. Wedge. Oh. Wedge Antilles. That would be oh. cool. Unexpected pull, but I like it. Not like impossible. It. Not impossible. I was trying to go obscure, but not too. What about you, Chris? Well, like I didn't. I knew I wanted him, but didn't even think about it. Like getting Rebo was really cool. Um, but I think like in terms of storytelling and where everything could go in a flash, uh, no, nah, see, we've already gone too far forward. I was going to say in a flashback, I would have loved to have seen Jabba appear. Yeah. 
like in a flash, but I don't think we're going to get that. Um, I'm kind of cool. Like there's no one that I'm pining to really see. Like I'll accept whatever they give me. Yeah. I know that's a non-answer, but yeah, I couldn't think of. (laughs) I want to see Malakili, the Rancor Keeper. Ooh, in the aftermath who... books, he's wandering around all depressed because he lost his friend. Yeah, and he goes to stay at Cobb Vanth's settlement. Mm. Like Cobb Vanth is like, "Hey, man, come live with us." And maybe there's a what baby Rancor Fett... info- involved. I was about to say, what if Boba Fett brings home a baby Rancor and then calls that dude to come back? Maybe it'll be uh, uh, what was the name of the baby Rancor from Bad Batch? You remember oh, that episode man. where they had to go capture oh, the baby? Do, but I remember his name. Mochi, Moochie, something Mochi. like that. It's going to be yeah. him, and we're going to see the Rancor pit. Like they're going to they're going to have like the Rancor pit set. So maybe Boba will get a uh, a Rancor. That'd be cool. Um. All right, we got a a voicemail from. I thought it was a voicemail, but it's just. He just sent me an email that says dick reduction procedure. Is this about Ray Park? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um thanks Utah Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we've got a voicemail from Jess. Hey Oswald, this is Jesse from California. This is your first time hearing from me, but I've been listening to you guys since early 2018. And in light of you guys being my top podcast on Spotify Rap this year, I thought I'd just shoot in a message. And I wanted to comment on Book of Boba Fett, because this is kind of that magical time where, you know, we're looking at previews, we're seeing commercials and trailers for the show, but it hasn't yet released. And I think, you know, in my mind, this is kind of that, like, golden summer between, you know, uh, middle school and high school when the world is just full of possibilities and in my mind i'm thinking about the opening scene and i would love it to be a really cool flashback you know incorporating some footage from the skiff battle in return of the jedi maybe showing some luke and han uh but then cutting to some you know close-ups and additional shots of boba fett in the moments before his jetpack gets you know stabbed by han solo so i'm really thinking about the you know the john williams music coming back and the lightsaber flying through the air and just, you know, hearing some of that classic audio and seeing some of that video. And I think that would be a really, really cool way of kind of flashing us back and, you know, jumping back into that moment. So we see, you know, Boba Fett's perspective as he goes down into the um, Sarlacc pit. So that's just what I keep thinking about. You know, obviously, I think I heard you guys might not have a show before Boba Fett premieres. But I just want to get this thought out there in case I'm right. <laughs> that way I can, uh, I don't know, have some bragging rights or whatever. But... Uh, please keep doing what you're doing. You guys are a positive force in the Star Wars community, and you always have been. So I, I just want you to know that uh, I value what you do, and I'll, I'll keep listening for years to come. All right, take care, guys. Bye. <laughs> that was Jess, Jesse. Sorry, buddy, uh, that we didn't get to that earlier. I wonder how he feels about the actual opening that we got. Because I'll tell you, when he started, I thought he was going to nail something. Like, I was like, watch yeah. him. Be like, I want to see a flashback to Camino and then Geonosis. <laughs> um, I wonder how I mean, he, feels. he got kind of what he wanted. He got some flashback to the Sarlacc, not before the Sarlacc, but yeah, yeah, you know. not before he fell in. But um, you know how he talked about the time right before the show was like this magical summer between middle school and high school or whatever. 
like man would that have been a pleasant experience to leading up to this because that was the exact opposite of mine mine was anxiety and nervousness and hoping it's good (laughs) so i did not have a similar approach to boba fett as our buddy there did there's no way it could not be good Oh, buddy, I mean, there's there's, a way, but... there's plenty of way it could not have been good. Like we almost got a a Josh Trank, um, Boba Fett movie, and I don't know that that would have been good. I think currently I'm with Will a little bit in Star Wars television appears to be in pretty good hands it at does. the moment. You know, and you know, I I don't. Some people didn't dig the Mandalorian season two. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, I'm the person that wants to see Darth Maul wander wander around in <laughs> in the in the sequel era. So, you know, having a lot of cameos isn't going to bother me. But you know, I think Favreau and Filoni, with Kathleen Kennedy sort of guiding television, seems to be a winning combination at the moment. Yeah, and it's interesting that all we've seen is is this connected Mandalorian thing, right? With that, because mm. they said it's going to culminate in a big event, right? And we've got a show coming up. And is it Colin Wilson that's the other person that I see listed with Kathleen Kennedy? I I'm think, not sure. It's, and I was like, I don't really think I know that name. Like, it doesn't resonate with me. Um, <laughs> um, but like the and they've made the right call in terms of, you know, Gina Carano turned it out turned out to be a giant asshole, and they just shelved. Um, Rangers of the New Republic. And yeah. as much as I would have loved to have seen that show, you know, they didn't just sort of bog down and go, we're going to definitely do it. We don't know that they might take elements from it and roll right. it into other shows and stuff. But you know, they, they've got a, uh, they seem to be pretty chilled and got the television thing sort of rolling pretty smoothly at the moment. Touch yeah. wood. Yeah. Cause it could have, like, like I remember. I remember vividly recording the episode when it was announced that they were going to do it. Cause you know, there was a lot of speculation, but when they came out and announced, we're going to do a star Wars TV show. This was even before we knew it was the Mandalorian or anything like that. Just the initial announcement. I remember talking on this show and being like, eh, I hope it's good. Like, cause star Wars has always been this big budget theater thing. How do you do that on t- on television and make it feel as big as Star Wars, right? And that was, you know, apparently what kept George Lucas from getting his live action series um, yeah, off the, the ground was the cost of doing a show on the scale he wanted to do it on. And the fact that it's, for the most part, pulled off really, really well. You know, there are some instances of maybe weak special effects that you wouldn't see in one of the movies, Um, but besides that, it's been so good so far to me that, uh, I think it's a welcome surprise because it could have been bad. I've been, I've been watching a lot of monsters on TV. Like I watched the second season of the Witcher and like, they're looking good. I mean, I mean, I mean, and so I watched, you know, book above how I was like, the monster looks good. Monster looked real good. Yeah. Cause that's where, you know, even like if they tried to make this show back in 2012 if they were like we're shooting this thing immediately we're getting it up we bought star wars it would not look <laughs> like it does it now it would be all cgi and it would be like uh, <laughs> windows and i i, I just uh, but the the world has changed so much as well in cuz chain the horse we were lamenting how short the episode was 
And then it was like, yeah, but if you add up seven episodes, you're getting close to four hours yeah. of Boba Fett content, where if you had have seen a movie, you were maybe going to crack two hours. Right. You know, two hours ten if you're really lucky. And if they get that wrong, right, and we've seen with them, I like Solo, you know, a big Me fan, too. but, you know, the general consensus is they got it wrong, you know, whether it was marketing, whatever. But if it doesn't hit that project is done for like everything around it is going to crash and burn. If Mm -hmm. for whatever the reason, the box office doesn't work where with television, there are chances to course correct a little bit where they might go. We didn't hit it exactly how we wanted in season one, but we're going to refine it for season two. Yeah. You know where, and then by that point, it's eight hours of Boba Fett content. Yep. And right. where with a movie, you're risking two hours. Josh Trank, you know, he's pooing on floors. The movie, the movie's not great. And you never see it again. Yeah. You know, and we're never going to see a follow up to the universe building that they did in Solo because I don't. Star Wars loves a good announcement and not paying off on it. That's one of the things I don't love about the new era. Mm-hmm. And I'm very skeptical that we're going to get the Lando show that got announced. It's very quiet. <laughs> it is really quiet. And that always makes me nervous, especially because Ryan of Johnson quiet. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> it's really quiet. And you're hearing stuff about the acolyte <clears throat> all the time. You know, Kenobi got there eventually. Not that it had a smooth ride. Because yeah. I do remember when it sort of came out that something was wrong and everybody freaked out. And I remember having anxiety about that. And then, I mean, that shit's in the can. We're getting Kenobi. So the fact we, so there's a couple of weird things that got announced that we haven't heard anything about. Lando is one of them. There hasn't been a peep about Lando since it got announced. Rangers of the new Republic was another, and they finally said something about it. Right. And yeah. then, do you remember the animated? It was either an animated movie, the droids. Or, yeah, droids tale. Yeah. Nothing about yeah. that either. But we've seen. I don't think you've addressed it on your podcast, Hors. I'd like to hear what you and Will think. We saw a, and I think it was real, a gift or something that Lucasfilm gave oh. out at Christmas. Yeah. That had. I can't believe we haven't addressed it. That had a list of projects that they're working on. Did you see this, Will? No. Okay. So. They give out a Lucasfilm holiday gift every year. And this year they gave uh, like suitcase vinyl uh, well, uh, record players, like a Crossley suitcase record player. Mm-hmm. And when you opened up the lid, it said Lucasfilm. It had like, I think, the 50th anniversary logo that they have. And then on the side, it had all these different Lucasfilm projects that have been worked on this year. Indiana Jones 5 was on there. Willow was on there. Um, Bad Batch Star Wars Visions, Book of Boba, Book of Boba Fett, and then a mysterious thing we have not heard shit about: Tales of the Jedi. Oh, which? What does that mean? Okay, so then I immediately when I see it, I go, "They're doing it. They're doing a Tales of the Jedi show or something." Or is that maybe the this secret ass movie? That, you know, because when the Patty Jenkins thing came out, the rumors were like, but there's another movie far enough along that's going to take its place. You guys remember when we talked about that? I was like, oh, maybe that's that movie that is going to take its place. And then people started doing some like digging and connecting some stuff. And it seems like there's even a possibility that it's animated. 
Mm -hmm. right? And the thing that's interesting that people have dug up is this quote from the guy that does Anakin's voice in the Clone Wars, Matt Lanter or whatever his name. Yeah, Matt Lanter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was interviewed this year saying that he had just recorded some stuff for Anakin. And... Mm -hmm. People that is now making people wonder: Was that for Tales of the Jedi? And if it is, then it's clearly not going to be a straight-up adaptation of um, the Dark Horse comics that I love so much. But that it could possibly be maybe an anthology animated show. Like, imagine Marvel's What If, but Star Wars, and not canon, not a What If story, just an anthology story of different Jedi stuff throughout history. Maybe there's no confirmation. Different lessons, on any of Jedi lessons. This is more like what people are speculating about. So I don't know, but it is interesting that that was on there and it's the exact logo from the dark horse comics that they use. Oh, damn. I would assume it's something we see this year. 2022. You mean? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, it's well. I forget you guys are still in yesterday. Yes, that's well, here true. I am today. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think it'll be 2022 as well. And I kind of wonder if that'll be a, a celebration announcement because we do have to remember celebration supposedly, knock on wood, about five months away at this point, right? So you got to think they want to show something, have something to announce there. So is it impossible? Mm -hmm. Like, are people selling these gifts? Has somebody bought one or? So that is, interestingly enough, the way it has come about that the pictures came out was somebody was posting it in a Facebook group for that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. It's like a Facebook group for uh, movie props and like Lucasfilm internal gifts like when you so we're talking high-end stuff yeah like people that collect their company you know how they always do a special lucasfilm uh postcard for christmas every year yeah there's people that collect those and it was from a group there where i don't know the context whether someone was in the group being like hey i'm selling this or someone was like hey i just bought this here's pictures of it i don't know what the context of it was but that's where those pictures came from could be fake i guess man Boy, would I be bummed if this yeah, is just you'd a whole go, lot of nothing. You'd go, who would come up with something? But it's the internet. You know, people come up with shitty things stuff all to the time. do all the time. But there's also a lot of insiders around and not a lot of people. Like people, if it was fake, I feel would love to be the ones that get to debunk it. Yeah. And there's and been some of those people that say like, I haven't heard anything, but maybe it's like this High Republic thing I've possibly heard about. I haven't seen anybody firmly come out and be like, oh, yeah, I heard about this. This mm. is, you know, it's it's one of those weird things that happened right before Christmas, too, um, that it, that it uh, got posted. So I don't know if how many people actually saw it. I was all about it that day, man. I was very excited because that's my favorite Star Wars comic series. Um, let's do one more voice voicemail and then we'll call it a night and we'll catch up with everybody else next week. Just cause we're running along. I don't want to keep, uh, Chris and Will too much longer. So this is from our buddy intercontinental Tom. Hey, how's it Will? This is uh, Tom in Sweden. Well, I loved it. I really, I really had a good time. Um, 
I think uh, it was a great mix of kind of fun and toughness. Um, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but, um, you know, like sometimes countries have a bit of rivalry uh, between each, between themselves and um, like there's often like a big brother country that looks down on their little brother a little bit. Well, that's kind of the situation uh, between Australia and New Zealand. So yes. Australians are kind of trained to make fun of New Zealand accents from the time we are born. And um, to be honest, it's always been a little bit of a, a, a tricky thing to me ex- for me to accept uh, Tamara Morrison's accent as Boba Fett's voice. Um, but he was super likable in the show. Like he was still really tough, but he had there was a, like a glint in his eye that made him fun to watch. Um, I thought the Tuscan Raiders looked cool. That tribe with the darker the darker robes were cool um the sarlacc scene was really cool like it was over pretty fast but it was, still looked really good it was fun um max rebo in the house loved that um i loved the kind of uh the slimy major domo character i thought he uh his performance was really cool um, I was interested to see that it wasn't Ludwig Jöransson doing all the music. It said themes by him, but the uh, the rest of the score was done by someone else. That was interesting to see. Um, yeah, I, I never really loved the look of the ninjas, as people are calling them. Um, and I, I thought within the context of the episode, they looked a little bit better. But, uh, yep, not, the, not my favourite, but... Not bad. Um, yeah, just overall, I thought it was just really good. I just, you know, I had that moment halfway through the episode where I just heard myself saying out loud to, to myself, this kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't think it's, you know, like uh, life-changing or anything uh, just yet. Um, this is the begin- just the beginning. Um, but uh, I really enjoy- really enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. All right, thanks, folks. Uh, this is Intercontinental Tom signing off. <laughs> there, I always forget that like Tom is such a world traveler. Like mm-hmm. Steve and I always talk about this that because uh, like he he's from Australia, correct? Yes, he is. Then lived in Japan for a little while, which really made me jealous. And now he's in Sweden, right? Um, and then the other day, Steve sent me a music video of Tom's bands, Tom's band or one of his bands, and it fucking ripped. It was really good. Yeah, to- Tom's a rad dude. Like, he, I I refer to him as friendly Tom. Because mm-hmm. um, let's be honest, King Tom, little prickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tom knows I'm, I'm just mucking around. I, I love King Tom. Um, but no, friendly Tom's unreal. But it is interesting how Tom brings up the Australian New Zealand thing in we're absolutely jerks to New Zealand um, in Australia. And, you know, like we talk about how they say push and chops um, and pick on the way they speak. I guess it's a little bit like, you know, United States and Canada. Oh, well, um, you know what it's a lot like is mm-hmm. people making fun of how, like, say, Will and I sound in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have cousins and family that live up north and 
that's kind of their shtick when they see us is to make fun of our accents. Yeah, you know? and like I prefer Canada just because of Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, like the Hart family alone is always makes Canada an institution. But yeah, like, but I never felt, I think, as I always say, because of Tamura Morrison's appearance as Jake the Muss in Once Were Warriors, he was so menacing that when he was cast as Django Fett, I didn't question it for a second. Right. It was like, and it was like, I remember, do you know what it's similar to? Uh, have either of you seen the movie Bronson? With Tom Hardy, yes, where he where he plays for UK's mm-hmm. most violent criminal. Well, it's a really good movie, like not one for the kids, <laughs> but a really good movie. And if you, when I watched Bronson, and I knew he was going to be Bane, it was he is going to be awesome. And I still stand by Tom Hardy's Bane. And I think for me, when I when I heard that Jake the Mus was going to be the clone dad of Boba Fett. I was like, awesome. Yeah, mm. yeah. <clears throat> um, and boy, did it pay off, man. And he, you know, another thing I don't think people uh, give him enough credit for is like, he's been good to Star Wars too, being like, because this is not his only, it's not like he did Attack of the Clones and stuff and then was gone, right? Until now, like he, if there were, he would do video games if they were, they needed his voice he was even in battlefront 2 like the the two new newest battlefronts that came out as boba and or as Django or his clones and stuff so um he's one of those dudes that like you know he's not been the guy who looks back on uh star wars in a negative way it seems at least and never once has he ever complained about d bradley baker or daniel logan no no, but, you know, because a lot of actors get a bit surly and protective if they're not given every single money making opportunity that right. they can possibly get from something. And I've never heard of anything like that from the dude. I'll tell you what, if he's on the uh, the celebrity list or whatever, the people you can meet at celebration next year, I'm doing it. Uh, I'm doing the photo? not getting the po- photo. Oh, yeah. Buddy, Dude. let me tell you, man, I don't get the photo because I know I'd look at the photo and every time I would think, I look stupid in that. Why did I get the photo? I know how this goes. You don't want to look goes. at the photo and be like, Bo Fett next to me right there. I just know There's how Bo it goes. Fett standing right next to me. Yeah, that's fine. I got a memory for that. Like, that's why I didn't get the photo I, with Mark Hamill. Yeah. I know that the Hamill one, I, I sometimes wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night of, oh, let's get the photo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll see. Maybe I'll change my mind by then. But it's, you know, I have a specific reason I don't get the photo. It's because I got a photo with Peter, Peter Mayhew. And like, God bless him. The man was in his 70s or 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. He, he's had a hard life with his joints and his knees. He looks younger and better than I do in the photo. No, he does it's not. It's one of the worst photos of me, and it's me with Peter May. You're probably staying up all night at the convention. No, 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 no. Yeah, look, I, I, Will, it kills me when he does this. I've yet to look good in a photo, right, ever. Like, and But anybody can get me an autograph where it's a scribble down on a bit of paper me being in a photo with somebody that can only be like that will forever 
exist that I was in the room with that person. I got to meet that person. Mm -hmm. And I use Hawes, my photo with Kevin Eastman, the creator of the Ninja Turtles or co-creator of Ninja Mm -hmm. Turtles, as the example of Kevin could have done a, a cute little sketch in his name, which he did. And I've got that. But I've got a photo with his arm around me sort of thing. And it's like, I look at that. And even though I don't like how I look, <laughs> I go, <laughs> that's me with one of the creators of the Ninja Turtles. I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know, man. Cowbunga, just... dude. Everybody, I, Blue Harvest listeners, we've got a campaign. Get whores in the shot. <laughs> oh, man. Shoot on whores. <laughs> You know, I bet you his uh, his price goes up quite a bit for conventions now, for oh, yeah. sure. I bet you that's... I probably could have um, got him just walking through the local mall. Yeah. <laughs> could, I, could I grab a photo? You know where he's mate. Um, <laughs> where now it would be, that's $50. I can't remember um, if he was either at either of the previous... Um, celebrations. I feel like I would remember because it would have been one that I considered. You know, but. I think he didn't consider himself Boba until now. I think he had always considered himself Django. Yeah. And right. now he finally not only takes ownership of the fact that he's Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is a different beast being in the Django armor in those movies and then just going in and dubbing lines for a video game or the special editions, you know, because they use his mm-hmm. voice in the and movies. Now. Do you think it makes it a little easier that Jeremy Bullock has passed, that yeah. you don't feel like you're taking that money away out of him. his... Yeah. It could be. I mean, that's the thing is like, Jeremy Bullock was such a... I mean, from all accounts at least, such a good dude. And like, mm-hmm. the time I met him, like he was just polite and awesome. You know, I was probably the 80th person he met that day, if not more. And he couldn't have been nicer and cooler. You know what I mean? You know, uh, I met Billy D Williams and it might've been sort of the exact opposite of that, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and, but on the other hand, I've known people that met Billy D Williams and he was awesome to them. You know what he I mean? Just, he just had a, he just had a rough day. Yeah. And you have to imagine, especially at celebration, like, what really made me realize it was when I met Mark Hamill, right? And it was his last signing session of the day. He was on the last Jedi panel that morning and probably had been signing from then till like, it was like five o'clock in the evening, right? And he was not rude. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't, but you could tell poor buddy was tired, you know, mm. and was just sort of ready to get his day over with. And you cannot, it's gotta be a lot. So, um, I don't even know how I got started on that. Jeremy Bullock. That's what it was. Yeah. Telling stories. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll, before I just keep b- b- blabbing, cause I'm fucking hyped up on Boba Fett. I got to cut this off. I, I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry. I told guys. you my brother used to work at Ruth Chris Oh. and Billy D Williams came in there chopping it up at the bar at Ruth Chris. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, you just need to catch him at the bar at Ruth's Chris is what you need to do. Or, you know. The convention floor is probably not where he feels. I think it would probably be best for everybody just to keep in mind that these people are, even though there are fucking heroes that we idolize because of these fucking movies, like, they're just 
people like us and yeah they get worn out octogenarians buddy do you know a nightmare of mine would be to have to do something like that and talk to that many people in a day like yeah i totally get it yeah Uh, could could i tell you this is on such a very small scale but i hate it every time is at wrestle rock Julian James is beloved by everybody, right? It, being front man of bands, the front man of Rest Rock, everybody loves him. I'm the smart ass heel. Like, nobody's looking for me. You know, I just want to go backstage after the show and have uh, get into the Jack Daniels that they give us after the show. Every show, Jules goes, We've got to go to the merch table and get photos with the fans, you know, give them a shot. And I'm like, Jules nobody wants a photo with me dude like can't i just go backstage and every show is like no nah, no nah, it's goodwill we've got to do it get out there with the people they love you fresh they love you and i'm like please no i don't want to do this because i don't want to go out there and people are going to him going Jules, yeah. can i have a photo or worse the one i'm dreading that hasn't happened is when somebody says to me can you can you take the photo for me uh-huh. and, and <laughs> if that happens i'm going i'm out you know <laughs> I, I i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to play just let me go and look the fans have been cool usually they're buying me drinks which i appreciate <laughs> but like it it is that dread of you know you you don't you you appreciate to be seen and noticed. You don't want to be bothered, but what would be worse is not to be bothered. Right. You know, right. and you know, and that's where Jules got into his fight with Ric Flair because Nature Boy, I think, was angry that nobody was paying him attention. <laughs> and everybody else was getting the attention and he ended up flipping out. Um but yeah, good times. That is good times. That's a big one. It was a big one. It was. Woo. Um so, buddy, Chris. In case anybody listening hasn't already checked it out, where can people follow you on Twitter and listen to your shows? Um, yeah, I'm at Geek Dudes on Twitter and Instagram for our podcast, and not safe for anywhere podcast talking love, life, and geeky things. If you want to hear more conversation like this, I guess you're just going to have to re-listen to this episode because Geek Dudes is nothing like it. <laughs> uh, check out the Christmas episode Hawes and I recorded. Um, I had a really good time with that. Um, and yeah, subscribe to the Blue Harvest Patreon because it's awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Fresh, which is C R I S Fresh. Awesome, buddy. And yeah, if you guys want to check out the Patreon, where uh, I've been, I did a, an immediate reaction, and I will continue to do that for the rest of the season if work allows. Well, hopefully everything will work out. Um, but Patreon.com/slash Blue Harvest Podcast if you're interested in that and we will see you guys next week for chapter two of the book of boba fett and our special guests plural will be emily lind and Brittany brown from the canto bite dispatch hey hey so uh we'll see you guys then until then this has been blue harvest i'm halls burkhart i'm will witten may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us (laughs) 